Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hog Hearth. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about what we do with all this data with Dr. Tom Stein. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. You, I know you've been trying for a while to get me do one of these, so happy to be a, here today. Yeah, you had a really good presentation at Layman about this topic, and it's something I think most of the industry needs to hear. And with all the listeners on here interested in data and technology in the swine industry, I thought this was a pretty good way to to, to share this with the industry. So I guess if we could start off, you, you mentioned at Layman that the answers to the majority of our problems today are not found in our records and benchmarking. Why aren't the answers found there? Yeah, that's, it was really the whole theme of the presentation. And by the way, uh, I would not recommend anybody taking on a presentation with the title, what are we going to do with all this data? It's, uh, <laughs> that is not an easy, uh, that's not an easy topic to, to dive into. But, you know, I've been doing this for so long and working with, software starting with pig champ and on and on that um and benchmarking we what i said was um we've we've bequeathed the your 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 generation with 35 years of outcome data that we've been collecting in sow records and finishing records and and not just in pigs and other species as well um and so uh that's what has driven the benchmarking, right? That you look at outcome data, farrowing rate, litter size, all sorts of things, agri-stats um, with the, on the financial side of things, um, you know, close out information like we put together at MetaFarms. And, uh, you know, we've had, we've got a lot of outcome data, but um, I started my career, my PhD thesis, the reason that we created PigChamp was that I wanted to see what the differences were between the best sow farms and the worst sow farms and discover what that means. I mean, what you could find in the data. And you know what? I didn't find anything. <laughs> I mean, I I couldn't isolate anything um, out of looking at that early pig champ data for my PhD thesis, other than back then, uh, it, uh, Farms, sow farms, if you can believe it, had outside, there were a bunch of them with outside gestation. And uh, ones with outside gestation had lower farrowing rates. So that was the only thing I found, which is completely irrelevant <laughs> um, at this point. So, uh, yeah, so I, I've been thinking a lot about this, that that um, when you look at the the relevant benchmarking and you see the differences between the best and the worst or the top 10%, bottom 10%, whether it's nursery, finishing, stuff that Greg Bilbrey has shown over and over again um, 
on the finishing side or um, sow farm information. And you say, well, what's the difference? And especially for a producer uh, in a production system that wants to improve the system by improving the, say, the below average sow farms or the below average nurseries or finishers, uh, what, you know, where's the, where's the insight? Well, the insight is not in the outcome benchmarking, right? So that's, that was really what I led with in my presentation. And um, it's a theme you and I have talked about. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's why we're at a point now. Well, let's put it this way. If we didn't have 35 years of outcome data, we'd be really up a creek, right? Yeah. But yeah. uh, but we've got the we've got this outcome data. Now let's go after the the insight. Yeah, because we're basically at a point where there's two areas, right? You got the animal, and we know there's an animal, and this, and I guess the 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 stage of the animal is it bred, is it farrowing, is all that stuff. But we don't know more. And so it's really hard to understand the outcomes. But then you also look at your labor and your daily processes. And we know that something has to get done each day. And in the outcomes, we know that something happened. But we really don't know what happened, who did it, and how well did they do it. Right. And a lot of production systems are trying to um, figure out, uh, you know, how do we transfer that knowledge? How, well, first of all, what is the knowledge that we need yes. to transfer? And then um, if we know that, then there's probably good ways that we can transfer that to the other south farms or the other growers in a in a production system. And there's a lot of uh, producers trying to do this by hand. But really what this comes down to is um, understanding and capturing the data. Uh, yeah, I know, more data, more data, of course, that's but really what I'm talking about is trying to get at the processes, right? So that's where the insight is. The insight is in the processes, um, you know, whether that's on a sow farm and how you manage the farrowing house, like what you guys are doing with your pig flow software or um, process, sort of process audits on nursery and finishing um, around like uh, both when you fill a barn or rooms and, um, you know, weekly um, audits of what's, um, you know, of key process um, indicators, or even just uh, what's the level of um, cleanliness, both in the, in the barn, in the office and outside of the, um, of the building. I mean, there's all sorts of things that people are talking about, people are looking, looking for, uh, but we need we need some some actual formal ways of collecting that process information, but in a as much automated as as it can be. Yeah, and I mean, in a lot of ways, there's contributing KPIs to the KPIs we've always tracked and followed, like pre mortality. We don't understand the intricacies of fostering. Well, if we can understand who's fostering and what age they're fostering and how those pigs are being moved, are they moving together, separate? Now, all of that tells us so much that we really do not know today. And I, I feel as an industry, we're in a place where for the longest time, we've been able to map our breeder to our conception rate. But that is the only place where we can map the contribution 
contribute the contributing factors of an individual to the outcome. And if we could bring that philosophy through the rest of the swine industry, we'd we'd have a heck of a lot more clarity on what's working and what isn't working. And then we can go talk to those individuals who do have that high conception rate, right? And ask them, what are you doing? And watch them and learn from them and figure out if our processes are actually not correct. Yeah. In fact, I'd take it one step further. And that's why I'm excited about your big flow software, because here with where you've got to sort of automate the process as much as possible. In other words, um, what people are doing on a let's say minute by minute or um, process by process um, in the farrowing house or wherever that that information needs to be tracked. Did we move a sow from here to there? What you know? How many did we foster and all the rest of that? But um, ideally, as automated as possible. So you so we can build a database of all of these processes that it, and it's not just like a one-time thing or we, we're going to go in and watch what they're doing. We're actually building a database uh, that that over time becomes really robust and is able to then be linked to the outcome, whether it's pre-weaning mortality or mortality at day three in a farrowing house. or um, And you can think of it the same way in the nursery or finishing. So what will happen at that point is we'll be we will be able to know we'll be able to do analysis that says under this set of circumstances um, the probability of uh, a below five percent preween mortality is is uh, really high and under another set of circumstances uh, the probability of it being over eight percent is really high uh, and. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's that's where we need to where we need to go, right? So it's interesting because uh, I, as I've talked to large scale producers and friends of mine who run production systems, um, whenever I start talking about this uh, process benchmarking and and getting the insights, you know the what they say is um, oh you'll never nobody's ever going to give you the insights because that's the that's the competitive advantage, right? But when you take a look at large systems that are really struggling with, we have we have a bottom 50% of our growers or our sow farms. Like, you know, somebody's got a lot of sow farms. Um, you know, and it's it's worth millions and millions of dollars to us to to do whatever we can to improve, to help improve that that bottom. Um well, even yeah. not just them too, internally, like you're saying, if I got 20 farms, it's going to help me take my worst farm and, and figure out where my best farm is at. But even as a genetics company, if I am a PIC or a top pigs or a DNA, well, I know internally on our pigs how certain processes can yield exceptional results. And I've got data now to prove to you that if you follow these standard processes, you might likely move your company towards that 80th, 90th percentile. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And, you know, right now there's no, what, what typically happens, um, and I've, 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 I've sat through so many presentations. I was in China and there were several, you know, um, sort of animal science extension people that were there giving a presentation on what's the right way to, um, you know, uh, 
all of these things like set the feeder depth and uh, and the wa- how much water should come out of the nipple water and on and on and eight hours, eight hours of just this is the stuff that um, that we know from research and from from practical experience, but that's been written up and um, and even in the, at the Lehman conference in that um, University of Alberta session on um, reproduction and sows, where they really focused on guilt development, um, you know, the first, well, what was it? It was four hours. The first two and a half hours for sure um, was basically the science. Like you should do this, that should be guilt should weigh this. Uh, you know, it should be on their second second heat. Um, it was because you were in that session, I think, weren't you? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. So anyway, um, but what I was really interested in and what I, I always am interested in is the the implementation part of it, right? The stuff that yes. actually the Deckers talked about, how they're trying to do it at Smithfield. And, and then um, Ross Menke at talked about um, at Hanor what how they're trying to do it. And it was really interesting to listen to uh, Ross say, um, and this happens over and over again uh, in production systems, at least based on my experience, um, where they, the first thing they had to do was go around to their, to their sow farms and find out what they were all doing in the guilt development units, right? They're, you know, you've got these SOPs, but that's the biggest challenge in a large production system is understanding and making sure that that these things happen the way you want it to happen or find out what people are doing and then essentially try to build a process in. And of course, in my in my way of thinking and in my experience, it only the only way you change the culture is through measurement. Right. It's through collecting. It's through collecting data. That's that's uh, you don't change the culture by, you know, talking about let's change the culture. You you yeah. do it. You do it yes. by collecting the collecting the data. So that's the guilt development unit is a perfect example of a place that where we you, nobody's. That's, that's what Gustavo Pizarro said in that um, in that in the meeting. Uh, no, nobody's. There's no KPIs in a in a sow record keeping system for guilt development. It's never been tracked, right? And Ross Mickey was saying the same thing. So, um, and uh, if you do have an SOP, right, it gets communicated. Not it's not always heard the same way. Therefore, it's not always implemented the same way. And to break a habit is much harder than bringing a new process, right? So now you got to break the bad habits that have been existing for years, and in right. some cases, maybe decades for some of these mm-hmm. managers and get everybody on the same page and just the time it must have took smithfield to to travel to every single sow farm or evaluate every every gdu it's it's just it it's a time consuming thing once it goes yeah. south it's right exactly right and the you know the gdu is a great example because um that uh, there's no there's there hasn't been any automation right in in and that's that's really the only way that's going to work is um if there's some automation, because otherwise it's too labor intensive, right? You, 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 it's almost impossible right now to to track the kind of data that you need 
to track in a guilt development unit uh, with 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 people, right? The the labor just is not it's it just can't happen. Now. So to hit on that with the automation piece, I think a big thing that has been interesting in our industry is Maximus brought forward the controllers and other companies have brought forward similar types of systems. The the systems that are pretty much managing themselves fully autonomous with maybe some intervention here or there have scaled rather well in our industry. But anything that is an automation of identifying a problem, let's say we're using something to identify that a sow is sick or a sow is not eating, or there is really an augmentation only of the response. And there's also no KPI that tells us how well our individuals implementing or managing precision technologies. And so therefore, yeah, we can automate a ton of this stuff, but there might be a severe lack of consistency in the way each of them are used. So if I respond to an off-feed sow, then you guys do the the ESF. So if I respond to an off-feed sow a week after it's marked off-feed, it's very different than if I respond within five hours. But we, how do you, uh, so I guess, how do you look at automation and the involvement of people? Are they a component that's just kind of a minor component? Are they the major component of making precision technologies work in bringing more automation to our industry? Yeah, well, and it's, you know, you could even say it's, um, it's not, it doesn't have to be automation uh, necessarily, but for example, using calipers uh, to for sow body condition. Now, I mm. think there are ways to make those smarter, maybe Wi-Fi enable the caliper for body condition. But at some point in the next three years, the, it'll be read by cameras in, in yes. gestation barns or farrowing houses, right? So, the, but the thing is, what you want to do is capture um, what are the what are the things that people are doing. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but if you track, if you actually track what people are doing, where they are, um, wh- how much time they're spending doing X, Y, and Z, um, and not just a time and motion study, but a actual everyday collecting that that data. Um, then you've got the opportunity to give, to say, you know what we discovered if the, the people that are having the best success in our system are doing ABC. And what we noticed that, um, you're, you know, you're trying, um, and doing a, you know, doing a good job with A and C, but missing B. And what, yes, my experience is that, um, that barn workers, staff, um, everybody, veterinarians, everybody um, responds really well to that type of feedback, right? It's like, well, we know from our data that doing this really works. So why don't you try that? And we'll see, you know, see what happens. Yeah. So an example of that, which was pretty cool, is when we look at uh, the the pig flow and how it's been involved in farrowing, we had a, a team of individuals who were checking sows. And, you know, typically when we're checking sows farrowing, it was a big site. So they had three people doing it. They're snaking a room because that's efficient. But then they had to break off typically to go service at-risk sows. And so they are disrupting their snake to go serve a couple at-risk sows and they're coming back into the snake. Well, prior to actually measuring that information, 
and and allowing the individual to use that information to make a smarter decision, they never realized how much time it was taking them to actually break off and help the at-risk sows. And within a couple of weeks, the team of three individuals collectively worked with the manager to say, you know what, what if two of us just serve the, the normal sows? We snake only normal sows. And anytime a sow hits that at-risk label, that's in your workflow and you right. snake the uh, at-risk sows. And so now they're doing a complete snake, never breaking from the snake. And they were able to reduce their observation times considerably and just from tracking the process. And so exactly. it's incredible what you can find. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, I'll, I will guarantee you that there will be enormous breakthroughs in overall uh, you know, management, productivity um, across uh, production systems by doing this tracking of processes and process benchmarking. And really, you know, right now we've got peer groups that are facilitated or supported where you've got maybe four or five or six or seven um, production systems that agree to share their data and sort of um, in depth and talk about, you know, what they're doing to, um, to achieve the levels that they've got, whether they're that not that great or whether they're fantastic. Um, and what really the next step is, is to, to have that peer group share the insight that c- has come from tracking the processes, right? So not just, you know, this is what our average daily gain was, this is what our feed cost per pound of gain and our, you know, price of corn that we're paying and all the rest. But really, the processes that the here's what we've learned, and if you have the right kind of trusted peer group, that's breakthrough territory, really. And that's what's so special about I think the swine industry is everyone's a competitor, but yet people truly do want to share knowledge and help one another, some more than others. But for the most part, when you go to these these conferences. I mean, Ashley De Deckers from Smithfield explaining how that they how they reinvented the way they manage their their guilt development. Mm-hmm. That's you're, you're not going to go to other industries and get that transparency between companies. So even if if vaguely transparent, or even if the transparency of these processes mimics what we've seen for the past couple of decades with how the industry is working together, we're going to be sharing a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's not even uh, we've been talking about the biology. Um, you know, and the animal production, but the same thing is true about the business processes, right? So, um, getting together and sharing, uh, you know, what, how long does it take you to process, uh, you know, an invoice from a feed mill or from a supplier? What's what's the error? What 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 percentage of our um, feed manufacturing information that we get, right? Um, what percent do we get substituted ingredients? What percent do we get an error? What percent have a have a, a financial error in them? I mean, how many exceptions do we do we get? How long does it take us to handle those exceptions? That's that's also the kind of thing that I'm talking about, right? So you've got processes in the you know animal production, and you also have processes in the business. And it's both of those pieces that are really going to, I think, um, bring the bring bring businesses, bring producers forward into you know the next, really the next generation of um, how people are running these systems. 
So at Layman, you talked a little bit about pig flow and how it's helping the swine industry with this. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen outside of the swine industry um, around dairy or poultry or beef cattle where this philosophy or process benchmarking has become something that they do use? Yeah, um, I, I think in the Lehman competition, the example of um, this company called Connectera, which is they, they've got um, an app, uh, sort of a, you know, a discounting way to say, uh, you know, sophisticated software uh, that runs on um, phones, smartphones, that uh, the intelligent dairy assistant, right? So they're, they're getting data from the wearables that, I mean, it's a big deal in dairy right now. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of wearables, a lot of tracking, um, tracking movement with accelerometers. Um, so activity, um, you get, body temperature, you get respir- respirations, you get uh, rumination and on and on. And so what they're, what they're doing is they are um, taking that information and then mashing it up with the, you know, the performance information coming from, uh, I'm talking about the daily information coming from, you know, the pig champ of dairy, which is dairy comp 305. And okay. then, uh, and then, feeding this back to the user, right? So the person carrying around this app is presented with um, a screen that says, hey, we found a couple insights for you today. This cow is um, is not moving very much and not ruminating. So uh, is this cow sick? Yes or no? And if think about what happens when you push the button and you say, yes, what you're doing it's just like when you're helping Google or Amazon or Facebook, you're that's a data point that now goes back to the algorithm that says, okay, this condition now has been labeled by a human, right? Which is what you have to do with machine learning. You have to use humans to label the data, right? So you just labeled the data for them, for Connectera and the intelligent dairy assistant that um, improves the algorithm. I'm talking about one cow, but let's say you're doing it on thousands of cows, right? So yeah, um, the same thing. You know, it's like, uh, hey, we think this cow. So what I just said was, is the cow sick? Well, the next step was to say um, for them was to say this cow is sick, um, but what's wrong with her? What do you think? And then they would present a couple things, right? She's got mastitis, metritis, uh, lameness, and then you click which one. Right. So she's so again, you, you say, oh, well, it's mastitis. And this is so I mean, it's like, do you really need uh, software to tell you that a cow has mastitis? No. But what you're doing is you're building the automation, you're building the, the intelligence into the algorithm so that um, so that you get early warnings, early detection. Right. And yes. I think. I said to you that the next step for pig flow will be adding that type of, you know, back end um, machine learning algorithms based on how people are answering quite like you say, is this, is this sow sick? Yes or no. Or does this sow, um, you know, have um, uh, swollen utter? Yes or no. I mean, it, you're going to yeah. build a, a complete database, and, and that's all going to be feeding 
the algorithm in the background that's going to allow the software to help people do you know do their job find predict when sows are going to have a problem or that a sow will have a problem or what that problem might be that's the probabilities of it right like if i have a sow flagged uh poor health three months ago and then a month ago and now again today but it's also flagged poor health last time with off feed as a subcategory and off feed today and now she's also lame well what are what are we learning from all of these interactions that the um, producer or the employee is is having with this animal, and and what is it what is it telling us about the future probability of success around that sow? I know it's you know it's so exciting to me that this is this is a a new vein to mine, right? It's uh, and it's yeah. it's really your generation that are set up to to do this, and and you know it's like I just can't wait to see what comes out of this because it's going to be amazing and fantastic. Uh, and we'll be looking back, like I said, in my, layman, in my layman presentation, you know, when I started as a vet um, with pigs, it was a lot of modified open front Cargill units. Uh, it was, uh, there was no AI. It was, I, you know, on and on, it was crazy outside gestation in the snow in Minnesota. And, um, you know, and now we've got these, these amazing, you know, quad wean to finish barns with Maximus controls. And um, it's a, you know, that's 40 years. So what I, I just, I'm trying to imagine what somebody um, who is giving a presentation at the Lehman conference 40 years from now is going to stand up and talk about and say, you know, back then they didn't even have any of this process data. They're just trying to make sense of the outcomes. So for a context to listeners, would you mind explaining a little bit about your background and, and how you got to Lehman Conference talking about what do we do with all this data? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so I'm, I got an animal science degree from Purdue, and then I went to vet school at University of Illinois. And I, I in vet school, I fell in love with epidemiology. I, I just I really like, you know, frequency and patterns, populations, population health, population management. And um, and that's what I carried with me up to Minnesota. I, I got to Minnesota and I was a dairy bird health internship um, for my first year out of college, uh, out of vet school. And then um, Al Lehman got his hands on me and brought me over to the swine group. And um, and so I, uh, you know, I said that I to him that um, I wanted to create a software program for tracking, tracking all this sow information for my my master's thesis and he said well we'll never have we'll never have computers on swine farms and so you have to do a thesis on parvovirus which i did but then um there were several other uh grad students who had a little money in their research budgets that were you know really enthused with what i was talking about and so they gave me enough seed money to start um working on on pig champ and so all I I think I I think I told you that I you know the way that happened is that I would I would um, take sow cards the you know the hand yeah. written printed sow cards I'd bring them home from these uh, sow farms that I was working with and at night at the kitchen table I'd go through and I'd create um, like handwritten spreadsheets and then I came up with the idea of a performance monitor and then a parity distribution and some graphs and that's that's really what led to the 
creation of the reports in, in um, the PigJam software. So, um, you know, everything else that I've done since then has essentially been a, um, you know, a, a, a redo of some of that early work, right? Um, and, uh, and, you know, eventually co-founded MetaFarms and, and grew that as a, as a web, you know, software as a service, web, uh, native web application, set of applications. And, um, <clears throat> you know, was there for 15 years and then um, got hooked up to uh, the owners of Maximus Systems, which I think is the future, right? It's the, the, the blending of hardware and software is you know, it's the smartphone, right? It's, yeah. Um, it's, uh, and it's like what you guys are doing um, with, you know, SmartGuard and, um, and now PigFlow. There's blending the hardware and the software. That's, that's where it's at. Um, and, and so that's, so yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's, that's a short version, even though it seems like a, a long version, but that was the, that's the short version of, um, of my path. Well, lots taken place. It's, it's crazy how much you've been able to accomplish since just starting at Purdue. Yeah. Well, it's the, it, it, the thing that really caught my imagination was epidemiology. And I, I taught it at the, at the, University of Minnesota vet school when I was on the faculty there, uh, and most students hate it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's math and it's you know it's sort of abstract and esoteric. Although we've all been introduced to it with COVID nineteen. Yes. Um, but I was just it just grabbed me right away when I was in um, when I was a uh, in vet school and there was a great we had a really good epidemiologist instructor and uh, yeah I I just ran with that in fact that was the whole the whole idea was to take the basic understanding of epidemiology and demographics and apply it to uh you know to a south arm and that's how pig champ started so based on all this experience what words of wisdom do you have for listeners we call it a golden nugget what golden nugget might you have well one of them you know uh is um do you know don't let the naysayers stop you Right. And uh, we have we you and I have personal experience with yes. that. Uh, uh, and, you know, like I said, Al Lehman said, well, we'll never have computers on, on swine farms. And of course, you know, two years later, he was working with, with swine graphics. And, and, <laughs> and, and all. but when I started, uh, I started a, a website and a daily newsletter and I tried to get sponsors and. Uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies and so the the thing i heard over and over again well uh pig farmers are never going to have email addresses <laughs> right so uh you know when i started meta farms right in the year 2000 uh well is this internet thing for real is it really gonna stick around or i mean that those were the comments i got right so uh you can't let the naysayers um stop you um, when you know you're on the right, when you're on the, the right track. And um, the other thing is never bet against a great product. <laughs> that's what I've, that's what yeah. I've learned. Um, so those are a couple. No, well, we really, we really appreciate you being a guest on the popular pig podcast. Uh, this, this topic, again, I think it resonates with a lot of people and what they're trying to figure out with the swine industry as we move forward. So thank you very much for, for being here. 
You bet. Hey, by the way, I, what I would say, if people want to understand more about um, uh, the way to think about this stuff um, that we've been talking about, there's there's a couple books. Well, Nate Silver's The Signal and the Noise is uh, absolutely essential. I think everybody should read that if you're interested. And then um, there are two different women, both PhD um, psychologists that um, independently they each decided that they were going to learn poker and they became uh, world champions. And uh, one of them is Annie Duke wrote a book called Thinking and Bets. So basically that her whole thesis is it's all a bet. Everything you do every day is you're making bets. And the outcome is not um, because there's luck involved, right? The outcome is not necessarily an indicator of your, um, you know, the quality of your decision. It's just a bet. And yeah. Um, and then Maria Konnikova wrote The Biggest Bluff and was her story also on the um, how she, uh, you know, became a world champion poker player. But same type of thing, you know, thinking and bets. I know a lot of people in this industry spend a lot of time on the road. So those would be some pretty good audio books to listen to or, or books yeah. to read at home. Yeah, audio. That's what I've been doing. Oh, it's so nice. Audible is great. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Tom, for your time today. You bet, Matt. Great talking to you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.